T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio, Sal joining us on the Western Hotline. It's a big NFL day for franchise tag candidates. We've seen some players tagged, some not. Of course, Tremaine Edmonds and Jordan Poyer are the two big candidates for the Bills. If they really wanted to try and keep those two, they could. But um, we don't expect that, so we'll talk to Sal about that, what it means from here, and this is kind of the start of free agency at this point. Jeremy White, Sneaky Joe, and on the Western Hotline is Sal. Good morning, Sal. Good morning, guys. How are you? Pretty good, pretty good. I think Poyer, we, I don't know, is there a ranking of which of the two is less likely? I mean, we, we don't expect either one of them to get the franchise tag, of course. I mean, Poyer has... Um, almost sounded like he's saying goodbye. And for Tremaine Edmonds, the, the number is usually reserved for pass-rushing linebackers in the $20 million neighborhood. So for Tremaine, it just doesn't seem like a fit for him either. So um, when the deadline comes and goes, we will not be surprised. That's right. I think you laid it out pretty good, Jeremy. Um, there's, there's, I, I don't have it confirmed right now, but I don't expect uh, the Bills to use the franchise tag on anyone. Those are the really only two candidates they have. They're not going to use it on Devin Singletary, maybe if you want to call him as their, you know, number three free agent, however you want to, you know, parse that out. But for Ed, for uh, let's start with Poyer, you know, you go back to training camp and there was always rumblings of could they get a deal done? You know, he wanted to try and get something done. Drew Rosenhaus showed up to camp. It just never seemed like the Bills were super eager to go there based on what the numbers are, the money, uh, his age, things like that. So based on all that, I just can't expect them to give the franchise tag. And you never know. There's a possibility he could come back. But it's always looked like this was going to be a season where he would play out and then test the market and then see what happens. And I think that he may have suitors to give him more than what the Bills are willing to give and probably for maybe even longer term. As far as Edmonds, yeah, he would be a candidate as far as them wanting to keep him. I do think the Bills want to keep Tremaine Edmonds. I think they'd love to keep him, you know, multiple years. But the number there, as you said, $20 million, it's the number two position behind quarterback when it comes to franchise tag, and that's exactly why, because if you have to factor in all the pass-rushing linebackers, which is understandable. I mean, how do you how do you separate it? Maybe you know, some t- at some point they'll do that, but the NFLPA is not going to go for that. All the linebackers are making more money because they do it like this. Some teams play 3-4, some teams play 4-3. Um, so that's not going to happen. So for in order for him to come back, I think the Bills just have to you know reach an agreement with Tremaine Edmonds, and we'll see if that happens. So what are the chances that there's a deal on the table today for Edmonds? Uh, not quite a take-it-or-leave-it scenario, but the, the franchise tag deadline does – 
um, operate as a it's a deadline, right? It's it's whether you it's artificial or not. It's not like the Bills can't talk to Tremaine Edmonds, but he does effectively become a free agent as of this deadline because they still have the opportunity to tag him. They're not going to tag him, so this kind of ends their exclusive negotiating period. No. Uh, no. No, they can negotiate up until uh, March 13th. That's when the tampering period opens. Right, right. I, I mean, I just mean when it comes to, sure, okay, move that to the 13th then. What I mean is, do you think they're trying to get something done with him before he hits the open market? Or is it a scenario where you just kind of understand a player can hit it and, hey, keep us in the loop. You know we'd love to have you. I think it reminds me exactly of what they went through with Matt Milano a couple of years ago, which is um, they're not going to tag him. But they'd love to have them. They'll make they'll go back and forth, maybe make an official offer uh, before then, and then see where it goes. And that's what happened with Milano. And it was really, I think, right maybe the day that the negotiating period opened. I don't even know if Milano got there. I have to go back and remember if he even got to that point. He might have even got to the negotiating window. Uh, it was very close. It was maybe right, right the day before or something like that. And the bill struck a deal because it was, hey, this is the offer. And, you know, um, you know, the player has to know, too, if if you say no and, you know, that's nice because maybe you want to get the offers, but the team is going to have to move on at some point as well. Right. So for both sides, that becomes the deadline. The The bills have exclusive negotiating rights with Jermaine Edmonds until March 13th, uh, six days from now. On that day, he can begin negotiating with other teams. His agent can. Teams cannot talk to him specifically for two days. He can. His agent can talk to teams. Um, not that those things aren't already kind of out there, yeah. backdoor channels, people talking, right? But that that can happen. And then he can start signing with another team on March 15th. He can sign back with the Bills at any point. So to me, yes, Jeremy, I do think that the Bills will have – they'll try to get him – they'll try to get a deal done with him before that. I – wouldn't expect them to go super out of their way. They'll say, look, hey, this is what we're thinking. This is what the value is. And both sides have to have a, a recognition that if that doesn't happen, then A, the Bills know that Tremaine Edmonds is going to field offers from other teams. And Tremaine Edmonds then would know the Bills might have to move on. Right. And the Bills would know also, Sal, like we're talking about other linebackers that we've found that have hit the market, whether it's Bobby Wagner or Eric Hendricks in Minnesota. You know, there, there are some maybe – surprise cut candidates just regular cut candidates around the league as well and you know these these position pools are filling up a bit so while the bills might want Edmonds for number xyz they might get some good news along the way to find out that there are more linebackers out there and maybe a few out there that they did not expect that's right I mean if if okay so let's just say that Tremaine Edmonds you know does not resign with the bills they'll have some sort of plan I would think that they've been thinking about this and I think you can't discount them thinking that Terrell Bernard could take that spot, right? That's why they drafted him in the third round last year, because they feel that he's good enough to play and probably start in this league. But it's got to also probably include another veteran out there, somebody who's hitting the free agent market who they say we could plug in here. I think the best solution for the Bills is to re-sign Tremaine Edmonds, but obviously not at some sort of price that they feel uncomfortable with. They wouldn't do that. Uh, something that they feel comfortable with, maybe a longer-term deal so they can spread the money out. Because this is a player that is the exact poster child for what Brandon Bean talks about. Draft, develop, retain. And really, when you think about it, um, this is the first guy, I think, right? If I think about that, like that, who really became a good player for them that they drafted. A good player that if he leaves, it would be the first player like that who left via free agency. Um, that they developed. Uh, that, that I, Like I said, I mean, there's been guys maybe that left that were later round picks or something that never became, you know, um, really good starters. I think this would be the first one. And 
that might be that might be a tough pill to swallow considering it was Brandon Bean's first ever draft and a first round pick. Him and Josh Allen came in together. Now you you got to remove your emotion from it. I totally get that. I'm sure Brandon Bean would tell you the same thing. He's got they have to make business decisions. But it would represent something to me, something significant. If Tremaine Edmonds were to walk in free agency, it would be the first player in this era, this regime that the Bills drafted had a had success, I think you could call it that, and then left via free agency. Would of Leslie Frazier, Jordan Poyer, Tremaine Edmonds, would you consider Edmonds' departure to be the most impactful when thinking about what they'll be on defense next year, if if he does leave? Oh, man, that's a great question. Rank the impactfulness uh, of them. Man, Joe, you know, I tell you, it's not, this is not to diminish Leslie Frazier. You know, I think he's a heck of a coach, but I think he'd be number three on that list because they do have Sean McDermott running the defense. It is his, his defense. He is calling the plays, and... He's not out there trying to tackle anybody, so he'd be number three. Um, I do think, man, boy, I, I might put Poyer up there only because they they lost one game last year that he played, the playoff game. That was it. The guy was so – you know how I'll answer this? Okay, now that I'm thinking about it. Mm. Tell me if Micah Hyde's playing next year. I think he <laughs> sure. is. Right? Is he healthy? If Micah Hyde is fully healthy and playing, then I think losing Tremaine Edmonds is bigger than losing Jordan Poyer. If for some reason, Micah, which we have no indication, I'm not trying to steer anybody to think he wouldn't. I just, you always wonder with an injury like that that he's coming off of and things like that. So I would say that because we do expect Micah Hyde to play. For some reason, if Micah Hyde wasn't on the roster, wasn't playing, I think Jordan Poyer would be a bigger loss because then you'd be losing two of them. So yes, I would put Tremaine Edmonds number one solely as the name Tremaine Edmonds. I would put Jordan Poyer number two, but say, look, if something were to happen where you didn't have Hyde, I think using Poirier would be even more significant. Sal Capaccio on the Western Hotline. Sal, another position we know they won't franchise tag, but they're they're having a player go to free agency, in theory, unless they re-sign him in this exclusive period, is Devin Singletary in the running back spot. Do you expect them to be interested in bringing Singletary back? Here, here's a player that he's good, He's not spectacular. They've drafted running backs since drafting him twice and traded for running backs and tried to sign running backs. It's, I'm not trying to treat him like Fred Jackson where they kept adding running backs around him, but on some level, you know, they draft Singletary, they give him the ball a lot, he plays a lot, and yet they're always looking for a little bit something different out of the position. So that said, when Singletary gets to free agency, do you think the Bills will want first refusal? First refusal? Do you think the Bills will be very motivated to try and bring him back? Very motivated? No. I think they'd like to have him back on the roster. I do not think they're going to get in some sort of situation where, hey, you know, we're going to have to try and match what another team does. It, it, look, the, the running back market's going to start getting paid here. You have a bunch of really good free agents. You have guys getting the franchise tag. Uh, you know, Josh Jacobs getting the franchise tag. Look at Saquon's situation. Those are two of the top, right? But other guys, Miles Sanders. David Montgomery, uh, there's there's guys on this list that are going to get some money, and there, there's going to be a bunch of them. Now, maybe because there's so many of them, they're not going to get as much money, and I think that's what the Bills are hoping for, right, where maybe in a different year, Devin gets a much larger salary from another team. Here, hey, let's monitor it. If we can get him back for a nice, cheap, reduced rate, we'd like him. Again, they drafted him third round. He's had some success with them. He's been basically, I think, their leading rusher every year he's been on the roster, um, and then you know, they'd like to have him back. I think they like the situation of having two running backs where they can move in and out and do different things. And I think him and James Cook, you know, th- look, both of them overall, they, they had they did a nice job last year. But you're right, Jeremy. One thing is they're always kind of looking for something different. What does that look like? Well, James Cook's on the roster. If whatever is different is, if that's 
as I've said, a bigger back. If you want to have a guy that come in to be a little bit bigger in those short yardage situations, well, then that's not bringing Devin Singletary back, obviously. So, yes, I think they wouldn't mind and would like to have Devin Singletary back. I do not think they're going to do anything special to try and keep him. And they'll probably tell him, hey, man, you know, we love you here. And if and, and if you don't get above this X amount, come on, let us know, because we'd we'd love to have you back at that price. And that's what we're putting on a, a report yesterday. I'm probably going to ask the same question. Yeah, Joe, yeah, is, go ahead. <laughs> you say you say bigger back a report yesterday. The, yeah. tit- the Titans are shopping Derrick Henry. He would be no guaranteed money one year, about $10 million. It's kind of the franchise tag for a, for a running back for Derrick Henry. You'd, of course, be able to restructure if you wanted to. Do you think the Bills would be having a conversation about Derrick Henry? I think they have conversations about for them, like inter- internally, excuse me, internally. Um, I just can't see it. I can't see this being the type of player they call on to make a trade to give an asset up for. It just does not fit. He doesn't seem like he kind of fits. The only way, the only way I think that this is the kind of player that they'd want to bring in, Derrick Henry, is if they really they feel that, you know, they can use him in a more of a limited role. Obviously, he's been using in Tennessee. I think almost anybody would be more limited than that. Yeah. But, man, even at that price, how can you justify that? Like, you bring Derrick Henry in here, he's getting the ball. That's what he does. And you're paying him, would you say, $10 million? Is that what it's, it is? It's, it's about $10 million. See, I guess, yeah. Sal, if I'm laying out how it were to happen, again, like without saying I want it to happen, could you convince him? Again, it, it comes down to do other teams see him and think, like, yeah, we'll give you the ball 300 times. Could yeah. you convince yeah. him that this is basically his senior tour? Come here. You won't be asked to do as much. We'll spread it over two years, and you'll get 180 carries instead of you know 360 or whatever. How do you justify paying that much money to do that? Well, though? I mean, you, that, you that, for the bills, and you'd have to restructure, like you said. He is going to be thirty years old. This just doesn't seem like it's the typical kind of move the Bills would make. I I've just never envisioned them being interested in this particular running back. I think the way Brand, I, I try to put myself in Brandon Bean's shoes, and I think that's always kind of the trickiness. Like just so everybody knows, when I'm explaining this, I try to put myself in how how have the Bills operated? What do I expect from them? You know, sometimes my opinion might be different on what they should do, but I try to give insight on what I think they will do. And in this situation, I think the Bills have never operated by having a back that they would pay that much money to, especially at that age. And even if they could restructure him, it just doesn't fit. I feel that Brandon Bean always feels like he can get more production and more efficiency out of a cheaper, younger back than that. Um, as great as Derrick Henry's been in this in this league, I think Brandon Bean probably feels you, he can get a bigger back later in the draft or another one in free agency that even if they restructured him, that you could call, spend way less money than Derrick Henry, especially because you'd have to give up an asset just to get him here. All right, Sal, how about uh, your most recent state of the bills at wide receiver? And in, starting internally, um, is is it – Right to think that on the active roster going into next year, the only three guys you'd be sure are on the team are Diggs, Davis, and Shakir? I think that's right. Yeah, that's a good way to put it, Joe. Um, Those are the only three guys I'd be sure. And let's start with Stefan Diggs. As you guys know, there's been a lot of talk lately about, you know, Stefan Diggs and his future in Buffalo and social media behavior and things like that. I don't need to get into specifics. You know, if anybody wants to check it out, they can. What I know is... The Bills can't trade Stephon Diggs. <laughs> even if even if he walked into Gen- General Manager Brandon Bean's office today and said, I don't want to play for you, you have to trade me. I mean, the Bills would take on a $37 million dead salary cap hit by trading Stephon Diggs. It just can't happen. It's not going to happen. So 
He signed a four-year contract extension last year with $70 million in guaranteed. I think that was the number. But um, So that's just that just can't happen. And even if they waited till after June 1, they could clear a little space. They would take a less dad cap hit, and then they take a huge one in 2024. So I just don't see how they would be willing to do that. And, oh, by the way, he's great. Stephon Diggs is great. <laughs> he is still your number one receiver. He's 29. He's going to be 30 years old in November. He's not super old. He can still play. And he had an incredible year last year. He was a second-team All-Pro. So that's why I say I wouldn't think about that. As far as Davis is concerned, yeah, I've said this to you before, Joe. I I think Stephon, I'm sorry, Gabe Davis is even the kind of player that they may want to extend going into next year. I know it sounds weird to people who say, well, he didn't have a great year last year. I get it, right? But this is their player who is at a position that's starting to get a lot of money. He's going the last year of his contract, and... If he walks on the field next year and does have a monster year, and then that price really went up, and I think they'd like to keep him. They really like Gabe Davis. They love his work ethic. Yes, he was a bit inconsistent last year. He also had his career high in catches, 48 yards, 836, and was second in the league in yards per catch behind only Jalen Waddell. Um, he plays all the time. He's the best blocking receiver they have on the field. And then Khalil Shakir is going to be on this team, right? The question is, What's their plan for him, especially when it comes to the slot? Because that's where you get to the other guys of Isaiah McKenzie, who's under contract, Cole Beasley, who said he wants to come back, Jamison Crowder, who unfortunately just didn't work out, but I think that they could probably want to try and revisit that. We'll see. They're all in different scenarios, but I think all of them, you could make a case for having them back and not having them on the roster. Isaiah McKenzie, you could clear $2.2 million of his $2.5 million salary by releasing him, I would say, though, if you do that, you also have to think, are you also moving on from Naeem Hines? Because there's a return element involved, obviously. There's a lot of factors here that you have to consider. Dennis in Williamsville has uh, popped in. What's up, Dennis? You're on with Sal. Hey, Sal. Um, just kind of a, a theoretical question, I guess. But um, as far as, like, the receivers in the draft go, I know you're just talking about Diggs and mm-hmm. potentially getting a little bit older. He's He's our – He's our ex receiver. Um, what do you think of the Bills moving him to a Z and uh, drafting like a true X, like a Quentin Johnston or something like that? Um, because, you know, Diggs has been playing that X for a while, but, you know, he is getting a little bit older and um, you can protect him a little bit more with another receiver to his side of the field a little bit. And I just wonder if maybe you could get um, some more production. Um, a different type of production out of him doing it that yeah, way. I mean, I, I, I mean I, I've thought, and I, I know people have thought about it a little bit. I just don't know if that's his preferred spot or his best spot, right? I mean, he's an outside receiver. Um, you know, you're going to – this is where he's going to do his best work. Uh, you know, he's still a great route runner. When he has – there was a clip floating around recently, again, you know, digs against press coverage. He's just so good at route running, right? I don't think you need to do that. I also don't think he's necessarily any losing any – any speed yet we haven't seen that he still can get get deep you know so moving him drafting another guy what does that look like you're talking about a rookie coming in the league playing the x being essentially then your number one or even your number two i don't think they have room for that Stephon Diggs is their number one receiver so he's going to stay their number one receiver so i'm not for it can they move him around to create matchups yeah. absolutely they should do that and but this should not be his his number one spot yeah to the caller's point, I like the idea because of the way, and again, like not necessarily drafting just for that, but drafting maybe drafting a slot that can play outside. And the Bills yeah. have said that about guys that don't do that. Shakir does not really do that, at least not yet. But think about when the Bills played 
Cincinnati in the DeMar Hamlin game where, where he collapsed. Cincinnati's touchdown came from Chase in the slot and Boyd out wide. And that flexibility, you know, one of the knocks on Davis, Sal, it's, it's not that he's not good, it's he's too limited. And if they were to get somebody that could do just about everything, like Diggs can do just about everything, just about, then you get more flexibility. And that's what yeah. I'm looking for. So to Dennis's point, like a slot guy that can play on the outside, Boyd can do that, whether that's like a Tyler Lockett type slot guy who can stretch the field or be underneath. I think what the Bills are looking for in receiver to help Diggs would be another receiver that can do a lot of things and have maybe more diverse route tree than Gabe Davis. Yeah, that's probably right. And and I look at, um, you know, I think what they need is, it's funny, they don't need the number one guy. They have that. They don't need the depth guy. Sure, you're always going to add that. You know what I mean? You know, this part, you're always going to find depth guys to come into camp. They need somebody in the middle there. And I don't even mean physically in the middle like of the formation, which is what we're talking about here in the slot. I mean like a guy to come in to be a two-slash-three like a Gabe Davis, to be able to push those guys. If you can have a guy that can play in the slot, like you said, play a little bit outside, and now you can move Gabe Davis around a little bit, you know, you you become much more challenging overall as a three-group wide receiver, a four-group wide receiver when you put guys on the field. So it's always been about, remember last year I kept saying, view them as pass catchers. I still think they're in that mode, and I do think the Bills wanted to do that. They wanted to have pass catchers more than receiver X, receiver Z, outside, slot, tight end, they just they want to have pass catchers. They want to create matchups and mismatches as the game goes on. So it's going to be interesting to see. And I don't think anybody denies or would deny that they're going to be in the market for receivers at some point this offseason. They have to be in some way, shape, or form. Um, you know, you just look at what they have and what they need. So we'll see. Does that mean trading? Uh, does that mean uh, drafting one very early? They haven't re- uh, tra- drafted a first-round receiver since Sammy Watkins in 2014. Does that mean looking at free agency where mm, do you really want to get into that kind of money that's involved usually for the top-end wide receivers, even though there's not you know, super-duper names at the top end this year? Does it mean even trading for somebody, which I wouldn't rule out? We've seen that from Brandon Bean before. Uh, so I think that happens. I know you're driving the wide receiver train, Jeremy. Oh, yeah. Little little tease for tomorrow maybe we can talk. I'm starting to inch towards helping to co-drive the tight end train I heard, with hmm. Mike Shope. I heard this yesterday. And, and I, 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 I would I'm like... not against a wide receiver at all. I mean, it would be fine. I just feel like maybe that's where this is starting to head now, about looking at the – hearing some of Brandon Bean's comments, knowing how they've operated the last few years, Tyler Croft, O.J. Howard trying to figure that out, knowing what Brand, uh, Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean both feel about improving up front in the blocking area and – how they kind of want to use their pass catchers. I, and then this is a really good draft for tight ends, by the way. So it I, is. It is. I, saw, like, I just what, like, wonder if that's what we're doing. It could be three or four first-round tight ends, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that that's I, – I think I might like, – you know, there's a lot of time. We'll see how free agency plays out. You could be driving one train on March 7th, and then all of a sudden free agency makes you drive another train, like last year Edge Rusher or something like that, right? Uh, so – We'll see, but um, I'm going to work on that today. I'm going to work on tight end today because I do think it's an area that maybe we should focus on early in the draft here well, for the Bills because I think they might focus on I that. just Googled how long does it take a train to stop because <laughs> this wide receiver train I'm driving, Sal, we're going fast. <laughs> if you think I'm stopping, you're crazy. All right, uh, so that's coming up a little bit. You said tomorrow you're going to talk a little more tight I'm gonna, ends. I'm going to work on tight ends today, so okay, if you want to uh, you talk about it tomorrow, I'll be, I'll be here to talk about it. All right, I'm ready. Thanks, Sal. 
You got it. Sal Capaccio on the Western Hotline as we uh, you know continue pushing towards the offseason. I've I heard I heard it yesterday. I heard you two talking tight end. Flirt, I was flirting in my, with the idea I a little bit. I was in my kitchen, and I was not happy. That's all right. I didn't get off the receiver train. I, uh, I went out on the, the deck listen, to peek over. I know what's look, this other train over look here. look at any other trains. I'm, lo- I'm just looking. I can't look at the other train. All right, we got Greg Cosell was with the guys from One Bills Live yesterday or at the Combine. Well, a little clip from Greg Cosell on what the Bills need as we continue because I got I got to make sure that I'm going to check everybody's ticket on this train when we get back. I'm checking tickets. You better be on this train. If you want off, well that's also fine. All right, Jeremy White's Nikki Joe on WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. So they're looking for that number two that has ideally three-level ability. That's what you really want. Because even though we've seen Diggs get vertical, Diggs is not truly a vertical dimension. I mean, he can get vertical, as we've discussed, because of his route-running ability and his ability to set up corners because he's really good in and out of breaks. He's really good at getting corners to turn and to get off their spot. But at the end of the day, he's not a true vertical dimension. Greg Cosell with the... One Bills live show, Chris Brown and Steve Tasker from the Combine. Good morning, Jeremy White, Sneaky Joe. We just talked to Sal. I heard yesterday Sal bringing up the idea of tight end. Mm-hmm. Now, it's very important that what I say right here is not meant in any way to reflect on Sal or my opinion of Sal. I love Sal. If you think you're getting me off this receiver train, you are out of your mind. For a tight end train. You are all crazy. <laughs> You are out of your mind. Sal, you know, he said it again, he said it last year too. Like, think about pass catchers more than receivers. No. Absolutely not. No. That's what they did last come at, year. Come at me, Joe. You're not getting me off the receiver train. We're gonna do we're gonna do this thing again. We're gonna do it again where we have no idea what Ken Dorsey's offense is. We're just gonna throw every possible thing at him. Two tight ends. Oh, that was the story in training camp. How'd that go? That guy didn't make the team. Yeah. OJ Howard. And then it's Quentin Morris. Okay, Quentin Morris, I guess. They went to the street for receivers in crunch time. Yep. 
if they don't spend a considerable asset on receiver this offseason, where are they going to be next offseason? How much money is Gabe Davis going to get if you think you're going to re-sign Gabe Davis? $18 million a year? 14 15 even if you get him on a hometown discount? It's big money. Yeah. It prevents you from doing a lot of other things. I am not leaving this train. They desperately need receiver. I mean, I told you yesterday I thought that Cole Beasley will go to camp with them because they trust him, Allen trusts Beasley, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And, you know, you brought up the point that sounds like a terrible idea just because it would mean that he's still in the mix. And I'm a little bit nervous about that, but I, I do think it's possible. I am not coming off it for tight end. I'm not coming off it for pass-catching running backs. They don't throw to the running backs. They've never thrown to the tight ends. No, Allen throws the ball to wide receivers down the field. Since he's been in the league, yeah. he throws the ball to wide receivers. It is what he does. They play 11 under Brian Dable. It was a lot of 11 personnel throwing the ball to receivers. And how they do? Great. And is it a Dorsey thing? Is it a McDermott wants to be more powerful up front? Like Sal's going to bring up the point about being able to run the ball. And that I understand. Like you want to go to your two tight end sets more often. Man, we spent all offseason thinking maybe they'll do that. And what they played an extra lineman last year Bobby Hart played tight end so, more than anybody so that that's yeah uh, if you want to tell me there's going to be another tight end in the mix okay but they are in desperate need of receiver they have been for multiple years and when they draft James Cook it was hey that's a pass catcher okay they didn't throw him the ball well and part of the reason why is what do we keep saying? They need a receiver. They need a guy that can do everything. Everything. They need a guy that can run a full route tree, what line they, up anywhere. And when you when you invest in a running back, that guy can't run a full route tree. When you invest in a tight end, save for the few exceptions like a Travis Kelsey, those guys don't run full route trees. The one appealing tight end idea, who, who does multiple tight ends better than any team in the league? I don't know if there's a, there's a stock the answer The Rams for this. used to. I don't know if they still are that answer, but McVay used to get a ton of credit for it. The Patriots did with Gronk and Aaron Hernandez. Yep. And they tried to. Well, even they tried to with yep. Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith, and, and that, now Jonu does. Smith did nothing, and I think they just cut Hunter Henry. And when it comes to the bills for this, like yeah. Dawson Knox makes good money and a rookie tight end. I mean, if, if they draft the Notre Dame kid, he's stud. I'm not going to tell you it's going to be terrible, but they will. if they draft a tight end, they will still need help at receiver. And if they put another tight end on, on the field, a receiver comes off every time. So, you know, I, I just I watched Josh Allen be an effective quarterback by throwing to wide receivers for multiple seasons. Then the offensive coordinator left, and everything got a little harder, and it seems like they don't know what they are. Well, inherently, you draft a tight end, and what's now the design? You mentioned you take a receiver off the field and put a tight end out there. How many possible targets could that tight end get? What? How many possible targets? 60. And that's like, isn't that a lot for a rookie tight end? How many ta- how many targets did Dawson Knox have last year? Like maybe seventy. But you, what? This is kind of the Bills going backwards to me. If they were to grab a tight end, because when they first had Allen, they had the big catch radius guys. They then they realized we don't care about that. Let's get separators. And they got Beasley. They got Brown. They got Diggs. They they invested in guys that got open. How do you get open? Route running and speed. Tight ends, inherently because of the body types, yep. are more 
contested catch guys, big frame type targets and whatnot, that doesn't work with Josh Allen. I mean, it does to an extent, but you've got to have the guys that just get open. And to me, a tight end, sure, the guy would help. My problem right now is I have one receiver that consistently gets open. And a tight end, it gives my quarterback another option. He's not a guy that's going to consistently get open because Travis Kelsey might be the only tight end in football that consistently gets open. All the other ones are I could catch it on a jump ball. Well, Knox had 65 targets last year. If you bring in another tight end, he's not getting 65. I'm not, I don't want to make it sound like I'm totally against tight end. It is just not their answer to receiver. And right, not not instead of receiver. No, for me, the pass catcher, which you know we talked about last offseason, like well, James Cook will be a pass catcher, okay, and Shakir is a rookie, okay, and then Hines at the deadline. They kept, you know, the answer that I felt they needed was you need a receiver, okay, tight end. No, you need a receiver, okay, a, a, a pass catching running back. No, mm. a receiver. Okay, well, trade for Naheem Hines. He can play receiver. I don't know how to tell you anymore. Yeah. Everybody sees it. Greg Cosell right there. See, they need desperately receiver. And whether they sign Robert Woods in free agency, because he can do a bunch of stuff for them, and maybe he wants to come back. He might be cheap. So there's an answer. Maybe somebody in free agency. Maybe Crowder comes back. I don't know about McKenzie. But I started thinking about this even more yesterday because Calvin Ridley got reinstated. Yep. The Jags have a better weapon set than the Bills. True or false? True. Okay, so how many teams are definitely better from a weapon standpoint than the Bills right now? It is the Dolphins, the Bengals, the Jags? Would that be it? Is that the only three you would say are definitely better? Um, The Eagles. Let's go AFC. Sorry. Just AFC? Just AFC. Uh, okay, are, that, might be, uh, that might be it. Are the Jets... On the level? Not, they're on the level. They wouldn't definitely okay. be better, though. Definitely better. It might only be three. Yes. What, about, the, what about Kansas City? Kansas City. Well, we don't know what they are. That's right. Like, they're trying to sign Juju, but maybe they do, maybe they don't. He's a free agent. Nicole Hardman's a free agent. Yeah, so we don't know what they are All yet. they've got is MVS, Kelsey, and Tony. And Sky Moore. Sky Moore? Yeah. I don't want to... That's not definitely That's better. not definitely better. There's a few teams that are definitely better. There's a few teams that are definitely worse. New England's definitely worse. Oh, yeah. Houston's definitely worse. Indy, Tennessee. The whole, well, not the whole AFC South, Jacksonville. Baltimore. Baltimore's definitely worse. But I guess it comes down to where are you comfortable leaving Josh Allen with his weapons? Do you want him to be the fifth best AFC set of weapons, or do you want to be number two? Like, I want to endlessly search for being number one or number two on weapons. Yeah. And uh, there was a... There's well, and that's what Kansas City does. Kansas City, we didn't put on that list, but they try. Like they they take their shots, they take their swings, they trade for Tony, they draft Sky Moore, they sign MVS, they sign Juju. They did all of that in the last calendar year. That's how good Mahomes is. Is that they've got Mahomes and Kelsey, and they dealt away Hill. You know, we could say they don't really, they haven't really hit wonderfully on an outside receiver yet. And maybe they spend a first round pick or a second round pick this year in that department because they want to lock somebody in. Like they could have taken T. Higgins and instead took Clyde Edwards Alaire in yeah. the first round. Like if I'm, if I'm, the Chiefs are almost this. I was, as I was going to get to this, Joe, the who makes multiple tight ends look good. My answer is the Chiefs. Kelsey, of course, is amazing. They've got a couple other tight ends that they will stretch the field with and throw it like Justin Watson, Blake Bell. They, 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 just, they have these random. They, you won't see them for an entire game. Then the, oh, there's a big catch down the seam. Yeah, yeah. But that's not exactly 
funneling any offense through a tight end anybody other than Kelsey. Right. And also, I don't know how much I want to buy that the Bills are, that they like this idea, that they even want it. Because O.J. Howard, right? Like, he was a big name. First-round pick, high-profile guy. What did they really think O.J. Howard was? The contract would not really say that they thought he was anything, right? They gave him, like, no guaranteed money. They They were able to cut bait after training camp for nothing. So, did they really think O.J. Howard was great? Or going to help them? Or did they just think, oh, it's a backup option? It's a flyer. And before that, I mean, like, Jacob Hollister, right? They did that at tight end once upon a time. Like, the Bills, actually, if anyone, they'll have one tight end dressed for a game sometimes. The AFC Championship game two years ago in the playoffs, Knox was the only tight end that dressed. In the the game that was the most exciting game we've ever seen them play? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Or am I thinking of the wrong playoff year? Maybe it was both. But they've played important games with one active tight end. It's kind of like running back for me. We talk about them wanting to have a two tight end set. They've never really done it. And if my proof is, well, they paid O.J. Howard a one-year contract with no guaranteed salary, to me that's not enough evidence that they would do it. So I, I'm not really buying that they would even that they would even go that route because... I want to believe this team understands how to surround Allen with weapons and that they just missed. Not that they, not the running back thing maybe is indefensible, that they did think that was going to work. I want to believe they thought Gabe Davis would take a step forward, Jamison Crowder would help them and replace Beasley, and that their, their plan was not to be what they were at receiver last year. I have to believe, for my own sanity, that they did not plan on their receiving core being what it ended up being. Only one team, I mean, NFL, um, at a website here that rank, that charts team tendencies. Last year, if this is correct, I've got the Bills as the second lowest number of 12 personnel snaps on first down. Yep. 8% of their snaps. Only the Raiders were lower. Yeah. Drafting a first-round tight end, it's a little bit, well, I guess we could say this, like, there's a lot of ways to do it, so I'm not going to sit here and tell you if they did it, it'll be doomed. It just would be but a it, fundamental change to what they have been pretty much through Josh Allen's career. Right, we really wouldn't know what it will look like. It's a little bit like if Edmonds walks, we've talked about this with Joe Marino from the Draft Network, who we'll have on tomorrow, and Edmonds' departure has the potential to really fundamentally change how they play if they don't get somebody that can do everything that he does. You know, they, they, they've they've had a lot of consistency on defense in their build. And offense just went through that change. And Ken Dorsey and Josh Allen last year had a really good offense together. But we all watched and thought, hmm, looks a little tougher. I thought it was because their receivers weren't good enough. And, you know, I, I just – if they don't add a receiver, I'm going to be – I feel like we're going to be talking about it throughout the whole year that they're still lacking at that position. So, uh, weapons. I'm into a tight end if it is not at the expense of a receiver. It sounds like a tight end might be a hybrid between, like, well, they need help on the line and at receiver. What about somebody that does both? Mm-hmm. Like, well, how about you just draft an offensive lineman and a receiver in that case? Right, right. You know, you need help there. We're going to break in. 803-0550, Sabres head coach Don Granato, top of the hour off last night's loss to Edmonton, and uh, right back to it tonight on the island, Sabres and Islanders, 730 here on WGR. Contest time. We're giving away... Be caller 5 at 221-4WGR. We're giving away tickets to Plantasia. Four pack of tickets, one day admission. 
to Western New York's premier garden and landscape show, March 16th through the 19th at the fairgrounds in Hamburg. You can check out more information online at plantationnewyork.com. PlantationNY.com, I should say. Okay. When's that landscaping show? That is March 16th through the 19th. All right. Why, are you into landscaping? Yeah, but my biggest question has been, what do you do with your yard right now? It's just awful. You, can't, you just got to wait, right? It's, yeah. It's too muddy and... It's a disaster. I don't think you can do anything. No, you got to wait. There's still snow on the ground, probably. There actually. is. There is. There's some snow. There's some snow in the forecast, too. We're going to talk to Sabres head coach Don Granado coming up after this break, so stay tuned. But snow in the forecast, maybe Friday and a little bit into next week. But we're, we're hanging it's, steady mid-20s to mid-30s for the next week plus. At least we're getting the sun consistently now. Yes. Because that didn't happen for two months. <laughs> it was pretty bad. Yeah. All right, we'll get to Don Granado. The Sabres lost last night. We'll get his thoughts on uh, last night's game and going into a bigger game tonight, if we're being honest. Tonight's much bigger. It's the Islanders. So Sabres head coach Don Granado, when we get back here on WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 